Zara. Zara, can you uh, talk talk a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm Chef Zara Khan, and I'm the founder of Fair. We've got um, three locations in central London, and um, I'm here to talk all about the brand and you know how it came about. You're an artist. So when you walk into your restaurant, it's pink. When you see your website, it's pink. And I saw this beautiful packaging. So how do you merge from art into food? And how do you do your whole packaging, your whole branding from your restaurant to all your packaging? So I think one of the biggest factors um, behind the brand Fair was my love and passion for art. And um, that was the inspiration for the dishes, for the interiors. And if you look at our menu and if you look at the dishes, um, they're very artistic, they're very colorful, they're very vibrant, um, and it's all natural. There's no artificial colors or preservatives in our food. Um, so the focus is on you know healthy, good food, but just plated beautifully. Because for me, um, food is not just a necessity, it should be celebrated. And I wanted to give um, people this opportunity, you know, that when they're coming to dine in, our customers um, should just have this experience of the interiors, of the food. Um, and it's not just a place you go to eat. The whole thing should be um, an immersive experience. And that's what we tried to create. So each of our locations, if you look at the interior, they're done differently. Um, so the James Street one is very pink and pastel and it's got a white blossom tree. Um, and then you just dine under the blossom tree and we serve our very Instagrammable dishes, which are, you know, like rose avocado toast or, you know, the pancakes, which we're very well known for. And um, the, the motivation, motivating factors have been, you know, that, creating that ambience as well. And then our Knightsbridge location is an enchanted forest and it's got a river flowing through. Mm. And so as you're walking through, it's, it's a, it tells a story that you're walking through a forest and towards the end, you've got the sun. Um, and then when you go into the toilets, there's the clouds there. So it's almost like you're going up wow. into, into a forest. And then we've got this beautiful birdcage seating. So they're like bird cages that you sit and dine in. So it's been a bit of um, interiors plus food. Um, and then we also launched our retail line, which is our products, which um, is something that came about in COVID. And this is when the whole world was shaken up and we had no idea what to expect. Our restaurant businesses were closed. Our staff, we didn't want to let anybody go. And we luckily were able to retain all our staff without having to let anyone go. And the shops were closed and we just didn't know what's going to happen next. And we were a very new brand. We had just launched our second location three months before the lockdown. Wow. So that was just, you know, as a new business, it really shook us. Um, and then we thought, you know, there's something we always wanted to do was this retail line, the products that we're going to allow people to take a bit of fair home with them. And we get a lot of tourists visiting because of the locations we are in. And there's something for them to take back like a souvenir and also to convey a message through our products. So that's how the Fair Cares initiative came about and that's how the Fair Retail line came about. So we're doing products like chocolates, teas, jams, hot chocolates and the retail line was designed by um, female illustrators that we hired and 
the idea behind that was to have an empowering message with each product. The messages are, are amazing. Can you can you tell the audience here yeah. what are some of your messages? I was really pus up. <laughs> so for for the chocolates, for example, the packaging. Um, It, it, and beautiful it has thank you it has a message reach for the stars um and then there's a message behind each product which which says you know to reach your potential you should always aspire to you know reach higher and sky is the limit um and then for teas it's the message is self care you know because everybody's so busy in their lives and their routines it's just to take a moment to enjoy that cup of tea and just to reflect and just to um you know unwind a bit so um that's the message for the teas and then um we've got another message uh, on the jams which is be yourself so to be unique to be yourself we've also got a message around diversity on the hot chocolates um that we are stronger together and there is power in numbers and so you know we tried um to motivate and inspire and and, and just offer this um through our products and that was sort of the the background behind that i love that. your messages oh thank you and the sales um from our retail line so for 5% of the sales go towards funding our charity fair cares so that is something how we can drive our social initiative that's how we give back to society that's how we work and partner with other charities as well what i'm really interested in and i thought is fascinating is when I was reading what you did and you create the social initiative and i believe that the social initiative is and is prompted by your experience being in london being in this in your school being the only pakistanian and also you grew, you're born in pakistan and you were trying to hope and inspire all the and all the young women so can you can you elaborate yes. on that so uh, interestingly enough in my school i was so being a chef and i think if you look at the culinary um world it's a very male dominated industry yeah. and for pakistani women or i think women of asian descent it's very uncommon to to you know explore this field as a career so i was the only pakistani um you know student at my time in the school but in the history of the school and this is uk's oldest cookery school um i was the only female pakistani that has ever wow. been studied at that school so i just feel like you know this was something that was it's so uncommon but it's something that you know has brought me a long way on my journey there i've learned so much along the way and i feel like it's a great career path for for young women as well because a lot of women um especially in pakistan aspire to be chefs but you know in pakistan in pakistan, in pakistan as well right mm. but it gets you know there's this um thinking around it that women are traditional cooks they're meant to cook at home for the families and you know they're not meant to do this as a career which is you know but but this is very true in the whole of asia the perception i mean there's a lot of great women a chef and great women cook but they are all limited in their home kitchen exactly yeah absolutely right yeah. and then when you go to see professional i'm foodie so i go to all the restaurant you mainly see men you see men, men right chef. yeah absolutely yeah. right and how did you overcome this barrier and how do you challenge the norm 
So I think there was a lot of talent as well, that, which I see also, you know, in Pakistani women, but because they're just cooking at home out of necessity, out of need, you know, they don't get to explore this. But I think in my case, I was lucky that I got one the opportunity to gain that confidence by going to culinary school to, you know, further polish my skills and to get that confidence in just cooking just about anything. You know, you'll put a cut of meat in front of me. I know how to use the knife properly. So I think that's what's lacking because there's no resources in Pakistan. So I think um, that is what opened my eyes to, you know, the basics that, okay, there's a certain way to hold a knife, you know, which you just wouldn't think about. There's a certain way to cut a vegetable. So it's things from the basics that I learned going up to, you know, fine dining standards. And I think that is something that there needs to be more awareness as well and opportunities um, for women who are talented and for women who want to explore this as a as a career. And so my challenges obviously were because everything was so new. I had never heard of these things. And and just, it was very interesting to me. It was a lot of learning for me as well. Um, obviously it was challenging because it is a male-dominated industry. Working in the kitchens, I've been surrounded. I've, I've worked in kitchens where I've been surrounded by 20 men, um, and they would be swearing, and it's, it's not a very pleasant environment. And I'm short as well. I'm quite petite, so I remember it being very um, disturbing. And, you know, I used to go home and cry because it was just intense and, and the pressure of it, and, and I realized this is, this is too much. And then when I went on to open my own restaurant, I said, this is not what I want my kitchen to look like. I want women to work in this kitchen and I want them to feel comfortable. And I don't want this pressure and I don't want this stressful environment. It shouldn't be like that. You know, so this was my vision of, of doing Faya differently. And so you enjoy being said, yes, yeah, chef, no chef, I, I do this chef. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's very stressful. I mean, if you've been behind the scenes in a busy restaurant kitchen. Yeah, because the orders, you have to fulfill oh, the orders. Yes. In a, um, so, so I read that your 75% of your staff are all female. I mean, the focus has always been around a 75% female workforce and the diversity across our team. Um, you know, it's apparent we've got, you know, people from all sorts of walks of life. Um, when I first opened FAIR, I was a young mother myself. Uh, my daughter was only five months old. Um, and then I was launching this side by wow. side. And I interestingly hired a lot of mothers. And just because, you know, you just realize um, there's like this empathy as well. And then once you're in that position, but a lot of mothers who were looking for work who had no experience. Um, and this is where I think I, I, I challenged myself, but it's also one of the biggest challenge I faced was employing um, staff that didn't have that experience and then I was having to train them at the same yes. time um, and then as a new business you know this, this, these were the yeah. initial struggles but for me it came from a place that I wanted to give them the opportunities to step up I wanted to give single mothers and you know these young Good mothers um, that platform and and that is how it came about and that's sort of always been the vision from when I had the one location which had only eight staff um, to now having 50 staff um, you know, it's it's always been about, not about the experience. I will not look at a CV and think, okay, you have experience, I want you. You know, I will look at the person and I will say, okay, I can, you know, give them the platform. This is so Asian. So I look at your face, <laughs> I look at how you move, and I will employ you not looking at the 
another CV. That's great. And so any of your staff now becomes your right hand, becomes your your uh, shoe chef. Any of these? Yes, yes. Lots of growth. So we've had staff. Some some of them have been with us since we started FAIR in 2018 when, when we just had the one location. Um, we've had people join us as KPs and move their way up to the chef's level, even the management level. You know, we have people start from... Um, barista level to become general manager. So there's been lots of opportunities because as a company we have grown and a lot of the staff we have, they have grown with us. And also I read that you also have a charity. The Fair Cares initiative was, you know, that is our charity initiative. And then we work alongside other charities, for example, British Heart Foundation. We work with Refuge, which is a charity for, it's a shelter for women um, and children. So we do partner with multiple charities along the way um, and see how we can contribute and give back to society. I think it's really interesting for a Pakistani lady who found who has I mean who founded this this uh, charity and to address gender equality? I mean, I feel like we are trying as a small business to do our part, but on the bigger scheme of of things, you know, there's a lot of businesses that still, you know, unfortunately do not pay women. I mean, even look at you know some big industries, women are not making enough money, and there's always this glass ceiling for women, and there's always so many limitations. Like you know, women are going to go on and have kids, and they're going to have career breaks, and all of that exists so it's much harder for a woman to make her way up the gender pay gap um, obviously we're, we're trying as a very small business on a very small scale um, you know how we can contribute is by making sure that you know we um, are not discriminating you know in the in in the gender pay um, so regardless of if you're male or female you know that's not a criteria for us um, to decide how much money you make um, and it's it's unfortunate because you know for women it's it's not easy. There's the glass ceiling exists for women in any career path. Um, there's all these expectations from women, um, you know, like taking care of the home, motherhood, um, a career break is on the cards. And I feel like all of that um, in in any industry will will hold um, a woman back. Even even though I feel like you know um, women can achieve so much like higher heights and they're capable of so much more but i feel like the stigma that exists in our society is is sort of you know holding them back from all of this um and i hope that you know other companies and other industries do step up and there shouldn't be this discrimination you know in the gender pay and that's just one of the initiatives that really appeal to us as a business but it's really great that you're starting that and tell me what what is the cafe coffee so it's um, actually named after my daughter, Sophia. So she was born, I think, um, around the same time that we finally got the first site for FAIR after two years of searching, pitching our concepts. And back in 2017, 2018, the market was very saturated. The hospitality industry was booming. You wouldn't find any empty sites in the prime locations. Um, and it was a very difficult time to just, you know, start a new concept and launch yourself and establish yourself. And then any landlords that we were pitching this concept to were like, what's your background? But what's your experience? What are you bringing? How are you going to afford to rent this? So we had to pay a hefty deposit, a year and a half rent upfront, wow. just to secure a site. Even then we couldn't find sites. So this site just came about right as I gave birth. And then it just, you know, she was the lucky charm and it's named after her. So how, I mean, 
this is a family business, right? But then how does your husband get involved with this? What is his position? So he's actually an investment banker. Uh, that's his background. So he's been in the financial industry. And um, he has always inspired and motivated and pushed me towards this to pursue this as a career um, which you know I've been really lucky to have have a family that has actually seen um, this talent or my passion and actually encouraged it so I think he was the one person that really pushed me and said you know we'll do it together and I'll do it with you. Um, when you say that he's He's doing it with you. What do you mean in that sense? So he is actually helping out with the business as well because he... um he, you know, just to execute, just to get everything, it, it hasn't been easy. And, you know, especially because we had no experience yeah, in London, course. everything was new. So I think we navigated together. Um, and obviously a lot of it is just my contribution and it's my vision and he doesn't know how to cook and uh, you know so a lot of that has been my input but, but moral support is very but important. yes but his support has been you know um it, the biggest factor that's you know that has me going you know even so now. what does he think about this gender inequality that he, you're addressing yeah he 100 percent. he's very supportive of this as well and um you know and that is something that we are trying to do together because he's in agreement um, you know, in alignment with this as well. You are from Pakistan and you, you're born in Pakistan and then you moved to Canada. Then I was thinking that your parents wanted you to study medicine, but I thought in Pakistan, most of the parents, they are very traditional. No, you're right. In general, you know, um, most parents, if you if you look, I think it's changing now um, that they're becoming more aware because a lot of women do want to pursue higher education. Um, you know, they go on to become doctors, dentists, lawyers, you know, um, all sorts of uh, career paths for women are opening up now. And you're right. In Pakistan. In Pakistan. And that is the change that I've seen, you know, in my parents' generation as well. So my wow. mom is a doctor and my dad was an engineer. So for them, it was important. Were they arranged marriage? Yes, they were. So was your marriage arranged? It wasn't, no. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty amazing because I was, I was actually told, even in India today, uh, most marriages are arranged, and Pakistan is m even more traditional and more conservative than and then India. To have you, you the wish to have you to become a doctor must be because of your mother. Yes, that's right. And how was your growing up in Pakistan like? So growing having up, having your mother being a professional. As yes, well. yeah, I think that really helped because it wasn't the traditional um, setup that you would see. You know, where the mothers were were mostly homemakers and they would stay at home, um, and only the males, you know, were working. And women, it was frowned upon. You know, if you go back a few generations, then traditionally women weren't allowed to work. Yeah. You know, they were meant to stay at home. Um, you know, they were expected to just take care of the kids. You know, cook, and and that was sort of the role. But I think what we've seen is that shift and that change now um, which I have seen my mother do so when I grew up and, and I think my mother lived abroad most of her life really? um, was she is, educated abroad? she was educated abroad as well she lived in Paris she lived in London she lived in Brunei because um, my grandfather was in the army so because of that they traveled around a lot and I think that's how it changed um, also my mom um, so my grandfather he's got three girls so there were three daughters mm. so all three of them went on to you know pursue their careers 
And that's wow. where my mom, you know, sort of said that, you know, I want you to, it would be nice if you could follow in my footsteps and become a doctor as well. And that wasn't really typical Pakistanians, right? Yeah. And then when you were went to uh, Canada, was there a big change from living in Pakistan and then moving to Canada? Definitely, definitely. I was um, a teenager when I moved. And so, you know, you have a good idea about your culture, about society. Um, so I had a good understanding. But still, when you move to a foreign country and, you know, everything is new to you. Of course. Um, I had interestingly always studied in an all-girls school as well. So when I moved to Canada, it was like a co-ed school. So that for oh me was God. one of <laughs> the biggest changes. Boys, my God. That was one of the biggest changes because since <laughs> I was three years old, I was surrounded by girls. girls yeah. um, even though I grew up with two brothers others um, but still that that part school was you know it took a bit of settling in because I hadn't changed schools since I was three I was in the same school how amazing so it was it was a big change um, but it was good that you know my family we all moved together so we immigrated to Canada and that was for um, the universities and the better education and that's a decision that my parents took um, to give us a better life so it was a bit big sacrifice, you know, on their part. Um, once you become a parent and a mother, you're, you know, myself, I've understood, you know, the sacrifices that they've had to make. Which year did you stop from studying medicine? Year two or year three? So I... Basically, in my university, I was doing pre-medical. So I, I yeah. have a Bachelor of Science you, and then a psychology. You must have very high grades to so, do medicine. <laughs> so, I mean, I finished my, my diploma. I graduated. I didn't you graduated? Leave it, I didn't oh leave it midway. God. Yeah. Wow. So this is what my mom said to me. She said, you know, you want whatever you want to do, I want you to at least have this degree to just as a, you know, something to fall back yeah. on. At least you have this Security. base. You know, like a foundation. Um, and because I'd always studied sciences, even when I moved to Canada and I wanted to do, because that's when I realized there's so many options here. Like in Pakistan, it was literally like you become a lawyer, a doctor, or, you know, it, it's very limited. We're an engineer, which, you know. But all Asian parents, and they all want you to have this that's all, career right? professions <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then I moved to Canada and there's people doing all sorts of different things. I remember there was a woodwork workshop. There used to be a cooking Whoa. one. There were all there was a beauty one. There was all sorts of different um, like after school clubs and activities, which I hadn't heard of in Pakistan. So that's when I actually started exploring because I had been baking since I was eight years old. Um, just as a hobby, I just used to love baking decorating cakes making cupcakes um i you know i i like cooking but baking takes a lot of patience yeah. it is very different than chinese cooking you could do quite fast it's just the preparation so you must be a very patient person true i think i am and you're right it probably comes from baking at an early age because it is a um, it is it is about patience yeah. you know and so when when do you tell your parents you wanted to to and uh, to study um, uh, uh, culinary. So I think along the way, like when it came to picking subjects for my O-levels, you know, we had this conversation where I said, I want to take the arts because I always used to paint as well. So I had this interest in painting and in baking. And when I approached the subject with them, it was just like, how can you even think about arts, you know? <laughs> like you're talking yeah. to us and you, you want to do... That Absolutely, is, I that understand. That is not a career. You know, this is what I was told and I still remember their words. That is something you can do as a hobby, but that is not something you study. You need to study something 
substantial you know and for me that was just it was it's very disheartening you know um and so i said okay i'll pick the science subjects and i'll do that um and then it came to moving to canada and picking my subjects there and again i had no idea about anything else you know what is business what is some so again i chose what i knew and you know then i just got pushed into university and um i thought okay i'll do this i'll see how it is and then you know maybe i did enjoy it it's not that i didn't but it was just really long it was in canada it was even longer uh, to become a doctor than it would have been in pakistan um because Seven you years? Your, it's uh, almost 10 years until Ooh, you know you do your wow. residency uh. and all of that and by the time i graduated i was like i just want to be working and doing something like i just miss creating things you know i think i'm a very craftsy person as well and so you i want to be very creative i want to be doing things with my hands and. so when i was in university i actually started my business of cakes um and this was just on the side i was literally pulling all nighters finishing wedding cakes doing birthday cakes how wonderful and i think that's when i really explored this opportunity and it's also what kept me sane and you know got me through the university years because it was really tough um studying those science subjects of course. just um you know just getting through that knowing that you know i'm not just going to exit midway because i'm the kind of person if i get myself into something it's i need to see it through and um so i believed in that and i said okay once i do this i'll be in a better position to go up to my parents and say here i've done it but now let me do you know what i'm really passionate about and when you tell when you told them about your dreams were they shocked a little bit yes because when i i mean they never thought of baking as something that i could make a career out of, of as course. something that would asian me, parents are yeah that something that would give me that financial independence i think they didn't think that you know i could scale it up to that level um and it was just something that i could do from home and i could bake and it was just like a side but how income. do you persuade them to send you to london and then and then to allow you to go to school That was a, that, that was an uphill battle and um I'll be honest it took almost a year um after I graduated and I just took the year off I traveled a little bit I just you know with my friends I just took some time to explore and that's when I realized you know this is I would have want to do and I just want to move I visited London and I just fell in love with the city and I said this is where I want to come I want to move Your here. parents are not typical Pakistanian <laughs> parents <laughs> I feel like they are and then they're not but they're then they're not you allowing yeah. you to travel by yourself after that and not and not having a not getting married <laughs> that is not typical yeah and so i i consider you are very lucky and Definitely. and to have such liberal parents and when you're here and then you decided Yeah and then um I had actually um I was going to study in Canada for culinary school and I had you know looked up some schools and I had actually agreed with one school that you know that's where I was uh, going to go and then when I just came to London I fell in love with the city and I think it took 3 months for me to find the school at Tonbury which was owned by Gordon Ramsay I just found the school I did all the paperwork within 3 months I had my visa and I was moving to London and it just came out of nowhere you know but i just feel like it's where i was meant to be and this was meant to happen and it just worked out so beautifully so when you opened the restaurant and i believe that you must be back uh, backing by your parents you know i think it was also very scary because they were financially backing you know this dream and at the same time they just weren't sure you know because restaurant industry is i think one of the highest failure rates of course. because a lot of restaurants just 
especially as a new concept it's different if you're bringing in a franchise or you know this was a complete new concept that you know was just in my head um and uh, i put it down on paper i came up with a business plan and i think london was one of the most challenging markets as well so it wasn't easy to set something up in london with no experience having been just you know lived a few months um in in the city as well so i think it was a big leap of faith and um i am lucky like you say you know that my parents had that faith and trust in me and they just let me explore you know this opportunity so are you going to open fair in pakistan you know this this question i get asked a lot but yeah. i just feel like it's not the market for us at the moment because the gender inequality true in pakistan yeah is seriously higher yeah. than in european yeah. countries or in america that's true yeah because there's still that conception that you know that we were talking about that women will not you know families aren't willing to let their women work and there's still families that that will do that and that you know they will just say okay you know our daughter is is going to study maybe to a certain level but she's not going to work a day in her life she's going to get married and you know so that is still the conception and that is what we see around us um and i think it will take probably a few generations to shake that up so what sort of new world um are you expecting that your daughter will grow up in so for my daughters um obviously i want to give them a very different lifestyle to what i had because primarily i grew up in pakistan and it, there were many challenges there you know as a woman that you face growing up and you know there's there's this disparity as well between boys can do this and girls cannot um but when i'm raising i've got three daughters now so when i'm raising them um you know it's it's completely different i want them to explore the opportunities i don't want to limit them by saying you know you can only become a doctor or a lawyer or you know have your you know it's like whatever they want to do so even at this stage when they're when they're young you know they enjoy painting and arts i'm just letting them explore um and see what they're good at and not you know limiting them in any way and i just want to give them you know a better life than my parents gave me and growing up in london <laughs> yes and you know that is the motivation for me to to do well to um aspire to do better in my life is to give them a better life Congratulations Zara. Thank you for joining us today. It's it's been a great pleasure to meet you. And next week I shall come to your fair. Definitely. I look forward to it. Thank you for having Thank me. You. It's been lovely.